Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there and welcome to Dudes on Hockey Podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. It hath hit the fan, dude. <laughs> Todd McClellan hath hit the fan, and I believe he threw himself into the fan, dude. Well, we'll get to that in a moment. Wait, who are you? It's been so long since you did a podcast. (laughs) I don't even recognize you. You recognize my voice. It is me, Bill Shakespeare. (laughs) It is I. He hath hit the pad. He hath hit it. You have, like, darker hair. You have a mustache, dude. I'm not having a midlife crisis, dude. No Ferrari? I'm in a show. Okay. uh, What show are you in, dude? I'm in the Adams Family, dude. I'm playing Gomez. Nice. I know. I, don't I, you look pal- at me and think Latin lover? I do think that. <laughs> Especially now with the hair dying and the mustache. Oh, uh, dude. Stop it. Dude, I'm going to come see it Saturday. It's going to be a great show. I'm sure right. our listeners are also going to be very excited to come see you doing your song and dance. Thank act. you. I, I am uh, fully committed mm-hmm. to my role. Uh, just just as apparently Hasso Plotner is fully committed to the rebuild. Yes, he's very, very, very committed. In that uh, opus of a letter that he shared with us. Which we'll, we will be talking about in a second. We have lots of things to talk about. Of course, the playoffs are ongoing. We'll talk about that. But clearly the biggest news that has happened that many people have predicted. Uh, I can't remember. It's been so long. I can't even remember exactly what we predicted that would happen. Um, I believe... We predicted that Tom McClellan was going to be gone. Yes. You know, and uh, I don't think that was that hard to see coming. I think what we were unsure of is whether Doug Wilson was going to be following him out the door. But it's pretty clear now, based on what's happened in the last week and a half, that T Mac obviously gone. Mm -hmm. Doug McClellan, uh, Doug McClellan. Yeah, Doug McClellan. Doug Wilson. Clearly staying. Yes. So uh, that's where we are, dude. That's the current landscape. And other than that, and we did not get Connor McDavid. We did not get Connor McDavid. Those we were bastards in Edmonton will once again have riches heaped upon them. <laughs> and actually, maybe have the two best things have happened to them that could have possibly happened. They got Peter Chiarelli mm-hmm. to run their hockey operations. They basically neutered everybody else. Mm-hmm. And they're going to get Connor McDavid. So if you're an Edmonton fan, uh, the sun is shining on your ass today because they might they might finally dig themselves out of this disgusting hole they've been in. Right. I I think I was actually driving, uh, going somewhere as the lottery was happening. I was having my wife read me tweets from my Twitter feed so I knew where the Sharks went. And, of course, I found out the Sharks got the ninth pick before I found out Edmonton and when Edmonton was announced as the number one pick, I laughed. I laughed and almost caused an accident. I was cracking up. It's so funny. Just this team that manages to do everything wrong. This will be their fourth number one pick in the last six years. They do everything wrong, but the hockey gods smile upon them yet again. It's uh, it's amazing. I I think you're right, though. You certainly have, well, of course. Then Wayne Gretzky comes out and says Connor McDavid is the best player in the last 30 years, which is kind of an amazing statement. Uh, which basically, uh, what means that's a company that includes Mario Lemieux? <laughs> is that right? 
Apparently. Well, maybe, well, maybe he was drafted in 84, so technically outside of Mario Lemieux. But uh, certainly Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin in that group, and, and many others. Um, so that's kind of amazing. Edmonton certainly has reason to be happy from that perspective, and they clearly have reason to be happy with a cup-winning uh, general manager in Peter Chiarelli. The nice thing about this for them, and that I wish had happened in San Jose, is that Chiarelli has no loyalty to any player yes except for Connor mcdavid which is going to be his first his guy right unless he's you know completely lost his mind mm-hmm. i mean and everybody else is on notice like he could trade anybody you mm-hmm. know and mm-hmm. he's already come out and said this this team needs to be heavier and and he's right i mean they have way too many skill players not enough uh their their supporting cast is dreadful and there's going to be some major major changes made there in Edmonton. I'm not saying they're going to you know win the cup next year, but mm-hmm. I think we're going to see some serious improvements and they're going to part with some core pieces for the first time. They're going to start yeah. moving out um a Taylor Hall and Eberle, a um Yakupov, a Yakupov of any I mean he has the least value yeah. of any of those guys. You know, a Drysidle. I mean, those players are they're they should start wondering if they should buy some big luggage because they might be moving one or two of them. Here's a crazy idea. If you're Peter Chiarelli, do you consider trading the number one pick? No. Even for Jack? I mean, what if you got the number two pick and you took a defenseman who you need more than no. another scoring forward? No, no way. No way. No, huh? No, 0% chance. I mean, what does Buffalo have to give you that makes it worth it? The number two pick and... Brian Gianta, you know, <laughs> they, they don't have anything that offsets, you know, it's not like you're going to get the number two pick and PK Subban, right? You know, if, if that was the situation, like, let's say Philly got the number two pick and they right. said, we'll give you Claude Giroux and the number two. You do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. but this you, you don't do because you'll forever be remembered as the idiot that passed that passed yes. on Connor McDavid. That's true. That's like, 100% you, true and I was thinking about that. Cuz Buffalo just ain't got ain't got anything worth it. No, you can't do it. You right. you can't. You could do give it. him the number 2 pick and the rest of the roster and I wouldn't do it. No. No way. So dude, let's talk about the Sharks. Okay, so so Tom McClellan is gone. Doug Wilson apparently is here and is staying. Yeah. Although we haven't heard the exact vote of confidence from Hasso Plotner. Well, he did say in his letter that he did a good job. I mean, he said that in the letter. Yeah. That that uh, Tortora and Doug Wilson did a good job this year. That that's when I started laughing when I read the letter. <laughs> um, although the whole thing was was kind of funny, um, starting with. Um, um, well, first he you know rubs it in our face that the Ducks and Kings have won the cup three times. Yeah, I'll, I yeah, love that. That stings a little. Um, what what was the funniest uh, sentence, dude? I mean, he basically kind of um, lays out all of the failures of the franchise. Yeah, <laughs> was it? Did we fail through drafting, trading, rental players? We tried them all. You're right, we did. <laughs> we certainly did, and and didn't do a great job. So. Let's keep the guy who made all those choices. <laughs> Anyways, um, let's go back to T-Mac, dude. Yeah. Um, and all the assistants fired, of course. All the assistants fired. Not surprising in any way. Uh, what do you make of the uh, the Jim Harbaugh uh, sequel here of a mutual decision? I certainly have a take on this. I'm wondering what you think. 
it seems certainly more plausible than Jim Harbaugh. Right. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I don't know how true it is. It's certainly more plausible, especially with several teams looking for a new coach. Um, I think if T-Mac, uh, if he feels, and in my opinion, he should feel, as if the team has sort of tuned him out, especially the top players, Joe Thornton you know, has clearly refused to do things that the coaching staff thinks he should do. Um, so if he feels like he's lost his voice and he's just sort of giving them basically scouting reports, you know, telling them what the other team does and right. they won't take any direction as to how to act on those reports, then I think uh, I can completely understand his desire to go someplace else. And there's going to be some jobs out there that could be uh, interesting for a lot of different reasons. Certainly Edmonton could be a very interesting job coaching all those young players, trying to get that team to move forward in a uh, synchronized direction instead of all directions. Mm. And now it certainly looks like Ken Hitchcock is going to be gone. And on the other side, you have a team that really has the tools to go deep in the playoffs in the blues who just flat out couldn't make it happen against a young upstart Minnesota wild, but that's it. They should have won that series. Mm -hmm. And and Minnesota was just better, (laughs) just better. I mean, St. Louis is the new sharks. I mean, like they, they have no excuse. I mean, other than, I mean, and, and the decision they'll have to make is, is it the coach, which he'll take the fall, mm-hmm. or is it the core roster of players they put together, which is obviously that's the problem. Like they, they are roster of players for some reason. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Dude. It's kind They've of amazing failed. because like they look like a, it's a, a core that people would be very jealous of. Oh yeah, absolutely. David Backus, Tarasenko, they, these guys, you know, it's like I think it doesn't work. Though. I've always kind of been on the Bowmeister bandwagon for whatever reason, maybe overpaid, but I think he's a very effective defenseman. I mean, Barrett Jackman, you know, it's like these guys are not crappy players. It's no, just not crazy. at all, dude. But um, it's like the Sharks on paper, always a cup contender until this year. The Blues right. on paper, the last couple of years, a, a cup favorite. Yeah, you know, and they can't even get out of the first round. Again, you right, know, they're, right. they're, they're limited and, you know, the Washington Capitals were in that boat and now they, they look like they're going to run into the Rangers, which is going to be tough. Oh yeah. But, but, but they're, they're better than they were, you know, the last couple of years, I think the, the Capitals, but they're still probably going to end up running into a brick wall mm-hmm. and the Rangers, but they're, they're going to give them a fight. I think well, McClellan's going to have his choice of jobs, dude, and, and where he ends up, it will be very, very interesting to see. You know, I don't think Claude Julian is necessarily safe in Boston. You know, they're right. operating without a GM right now. Whenever they get their new GM, they might fire Claude Julian. And then you've got another coach out there that will probably be very desirable to several teams, including the Sharks, possibly. I mean, mm-hmm. could be looking at someone like Claude Julian. Um, I, I agree that this is more mutual. And I think actually, I think McClellan was going to be fired if he didn't come out come right. to Doug Wilson first and say, I'm done. Mm-hmm. But I think that that is what happened. I think he talked to his family. And the question that I, Nostra Doug, <laughs> through, through all of my knowledge, That's think right. this is what he said. I don't want to coach this team anymore. If I go to another team, I know you guys love living here. What do you want to do? Yeah. And they basically said, we're staying. Right. You go. Right. You know, and right. we'll catch up with you. And that's what happened. I mean, because I'm sure he's got to want to punch himself in the face about coaching this team. Like, it's got to be so, 
so frustrating. It's got to be frustrating. I mean, of course, it wasn't a bad decision for him to come to San Jose. I mean, no, I'll... and he was wildly successful for yes. several years. But he still, I mean, you can look at the last year and the first year and go, they they were the best team in hockey the first year. Yeah. And they lost in the first round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here we are. I mean, it starts with success and disappointment. And it ends with success and disappointment. So yeah. um, there's a theme here. And it goes, you can put blame on McClellan. We certainly question on things that he did. He's not blameless. I took a lot of grief, dude, this yeah. last week yeah. for for doing, you know, uh, sort of uh, uh, fondling Todd McClellan or whatever yeah. I was accused of on, yeah. on Twitter, which I think people should maybe listen to the whole podcast <laughs> before they start throwing daggers <laughs> my way. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, uh, but but, you know, um, what can I say? You yeah. know, um, I'm into coaches. So uh, <laughs> coach fetish, dude, dude. But um, he's not blameless, dude, but he's no. not a bad coach as everyone else is salivating over the fact that they want to hire him. That's right. That's right. And and so we got an email from from Greg, who uh, very politely gave us a bunch of different topics to talk about. We might just go down your list, Greg. Thanks, Greg. You know. Don't have then we don't have to do any work. Ah. But he he actually includes a, a bunch of different choices. So the, the obviously the next question is where the sharks can go from here. Dan Biles was somebody that was uh, thrown about in the media halfway through the year. Right um, now he is on top of Greg's list. Uh, is he on top of your list? Well, I, I guess my question for you before we get into this is what what type of coach do you think the Sharks should be looking for? Do you think the Sharks should be looking for, given the current state of this roster where we have to assume that Joe Thornton and Patrick Marler will be here next year? You know, obviously there's, there's certainly more than one way to look at it. Maybe because I am frustrated with what this team has done and I am angry with how they haven't been able to accomplish with what they want. Um, I, I personally wouldn't be that upset if they went the uh, more hard-ass route. You know, Todd McClellan, most people say he's a player's coach. Um, I certainly wouldn't be necessarily upset if they went with a Ken Hitchcock type of coach who instills a very particular defensive system and requires his players to use it. Um, not that the Sharks' defensive system is necessarily the problem, but I, I'm certainly, uh, I think I'm, I'm favoring a coach that would require all players to play the way that he wants. And specifically, I'm looking for a coach that will be willing to instill consequences if they don't. Because as we've talked about many times, that seems to be something Tom McClellan was unable or unwilling to do. Um, maybe, you know, clearly we have seen that backfire many times, uh, looking specifically at John Tortorella in Vancouver, right? Although Vancouver already lost, so it's not like that was necessarily their biggest problem. But I, I can certainly get behind a Dave Tippett or a Ken Hitchcock kind of coach. I think that's what I want. This, I totally agree with a lot of what you said. In terms of this team needs a little discipline, I think. Yeah. They need it. They need a, a little spanking. I think right? they do. But do the Sharks have the roster to execute this kind of system? I see it being similar to Vancouver where you bring in Tortorella, you don't have the players to do that. Like you're not you're not going to execute have the Sedines blocking shots and running around playing defense. Like they they're not interested. Will Joe and Patty do that at this stage in their career? Not that they're bad defensive players, they're not bad defensive players, but are they really going to put that 
as their focal point, those two guys who seem to stir the drink, I, I don't know. You know, I, I'm not sure. Maybe it will run them squarely out of town. It might. It, which you would have to have, you know, the, the GM and the owner 100% behind your coach, mm-hmm. which I don't think that's the case. I think Plotner is 100% behind Joe Thornton. So that's why I think you're right. They should have that kind of coach, <laughs> but I do not think they will go with that kind of coach. So you think they're going to go the Dan Bilesma route? Yes, I do. I do think that's who the next coach is going to be. Vegas agrees, by the way. Yeah. He's the odds-on favorite. And I uh, mean, Mike Babcock is clearly, I think, uh, probably the number one coaching sure. contender. Don't you think if the Sharks could get Mike Babcock, they would? And I think if they got Mike Babcock, they'd have to fire Doug Wilson because I think Mike Babcock at this point wants to be in control of the whole thing. And I'm not sure where he will get that scenario. Where, Who's the last coach that was the GM in the NHL? I can't well, even I don't know think if he wants that. to be the GM, but I think he wants to be more as powerful as the GM, where I think if you're going to run into, I don't know how that's going to work in Toronto. How's that going to work? I mean, he's going to go up there and, and be fighting with Brendan Shanahan every day. Uh, he's not going to go to Edmonton because, I mean, Chiarelli has been mm-hmm. brought in there to implement his vision. Philly has Hextall. Buffalo has a very strong-minded GM. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I th- I don't. Why would Babcock leave Detroit in the first place? I don't know. They're clearly still good. And they're going to beat my stupid. They're lightning. not, dude. They are not. Tam- we'll get to that later. Yeah, okay, but I I'm not worried about that. Who else on this well, sure. list? He's so- the number one choice, dude. It's not even close. My Babcock. Yes, Babcock is the number, He's the one, number choice. one choice. Yeah. Who else on this list? Right. So uh, I think all of these guys that uh, Greg. Uh, mentioned have all been head coaches at this point. We have, uh, was Mike Kitchen a head coach? Uh, he may be the only one. Guy Boucher, he has Sacco, Deneen, John Stevens, who is an assistant in LA, Benoit Gruel, Adam Oates. I mean, are, are there any other names that you would want to add to this list, dude? Well, I mean, I want to add to this list. Yeah. I think we know it's been reported that they've asked permission to interview Randy Carlisle. Yeah. I mean, which, you know, Randy Carlisle was. Definitely not the problem in Toronto. After he left, they got worse. That's true. So um, did he get kind of a bum rap there? I don't know. That guy seems like such a crusty old grandpa. Yeah. It doesn't seem like that's the right guy to bring Mm -hmm. in here, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, From this list, the one, the person that I think I might want is Dave Tippett. Uh, Would the Sharks be willing to give up a third round pick to get him? I don't know. Well, they're going to probably get a third-round pick if McClellan goes someplace, and everybody thinks he will. Well, I but but McClellan was released from his contract, right? I think I read that he gets they get they still get a third-round pick. They there's a he wasn't fired, so I think that was maybe one of the things they were sort of negotiating about is the Sharks want compensation. Interesting. Well, I mean that could be a a spin right around. You know, mm-hmm. if you're looking at the the you know when it's the last time Tippett actually had a team that had some talent on it Dallas you when know? he won the cup uh, so uh <laughs> I mean he's worked some minor miracles in in Arizona you know up until this oh, year yeah, they've yeah. been competitive so um if With he very d- very little if he does want out I mean he might be the guy who you'd look to to come in and play both roles you know he seems to be a disciplined coach but he also Seems to be a popular coach. Uh, some of these names here, Joe Sacco, absolutely not. Adam Oates just 
punch me squarely in the junk. I mean, John Tortorella, <laughs> that makes me laugh. Paul McClain looks terrible right now yes. based on how Ottawa turned it around with him leaving. But I do believe it's going to be Dan Bilesma, dude. Uh, and I'm going to put something else out there. I think it's going to be Dan Bilesma and Tony Granato. Oh, you think they're going to bring back Tony Granato? I think they're going to bring him back, and it makes perfect sense because that is the, a brilliant PR move by the Sharks. Bring back a beloved ex-Shark, a player that has history with this team. It, it would be They need something like that. Another mm-hmm. name that's not in here is, is Dean Evason, who's uh, coaching the AHL team for Nashville, an original Shark. An original Shark. I was going to say an that. An original Shark. You bring in a guy. Here is an original Shark. A young up and coming coach. I think he's, you know, probably in his late forties. So he's not going to be like you're bringing in someone like, uh, you know, uh, Travis Green. I think is the one of the guys who's only he's only in his early forties. I think Joe is going to look at him and go. I, I mean, I remember playing against you. Like I'm, right. I'm not going to listen to you. You know, Dean Evason. That could be maybe a little bit off the map name, dude. Um, I don't know if he's a good coach or not. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think. Plotner and Wilson have to look at something like that and go, how can we get the fans back on our side? Right. Well, I mean, one thing, I think maybe that's sort of the end of this discussion. Uh, one thing that, um, oh, actually, one thing I do want to say about this is nothing will happen until Mike Babcock decides. So so if, the, if, if fans out there think that the Sharks are going to hire a coach before Mike Babcock has decided, I, I think you're crazy. No, the, he's the domino. McClellan's not going to sign anywhere, nothing. Because if Babcock leaves, McClellan is going. He's going to he's Detroit. He's going to Detroit. And then that there's a name that's not on this list, and, and his name is Jeff Blashill. All right, and he is the assistant that Detroit has refused to allow interview anywhere because he was the heir apparent oh. in Detroit. So now, if McClellan squeezes out Jeff Blashill, he might be the guy that Doug Wilson turns to since he admires that coaching tree so much yeah. to come in and and run the Sharks. So um, there's a lot of dominoes to fall. There's gonna it's gonna be at least a month, I think, before anything happens before the draft. I don't think it even really matters because the coach doesn't really need to give input on the draft. That's true. But it might impact, you know, I mean, if you're Dan Bilesma, you're Ken Hitchcock. I mean, you know, those kind of guys might want to have some sort of input in that situation. I I still think it's going to be Dan Bilesma just based on the fact that there was a rumored connection between Wilson and Bilesma Mm -hmm. in the offseason. I don't know if that's the right choice or not. Purdy certainly made a case in his last article that is the wrong choice based on uh, how horribly the U.S. men's Olympic team did under him in his last coaching stint. But um, that's just kind of what I'm expecting to happen. I think it would be better if they had a coach by the draft, but I don't necessarily think it has to happen. Well, dude, so... um, the plus, uh, the Plotner letter, I think that was certainly something we covered. I, is there anything else we want to talk about in, in terms of that? I mean, it certainly seems like, at least from the reactions that I've seen, it seems like this letter kind of backfired. I think uh, at least the way I saw this was that there was a lot of noise in the press and on blogs and things that we pay attention to about how this owner doesn't talk to anybody, how this owner is not engaged. And this clearly, to me, seems like a reaction to that, saying, oh, I am engaged. I do care about this team. I, you know, here's what I think. You know, that's sort of what I thought this letter was. And then the reaction to the letter is, Plotter's a moron. He doesn't have any idea what he's doing. Uh, I think it kind of backfired. Um, Certainly, maybe you can feel a little bit better if you're worried that 
that Plotner is not involved in the team and has no idea what's going on. I, I think that there's certainly some indications here that that he is paying pretty close attention to what's going on with the Sharks. But the question is, does anybody agree with where he thinks the Sharks should go? Well, he seems to be in lockstep with Doug Wilson. I mean, like right. that's what it seems to be, that he says, you know, the rebuild is in full progress. The team is now amongst the youngest in the league and has a great future. And he ends the letter by saying the goal will be to reach the playoffs. So where where are they going next year? Right, I mean, the right. Sharks have $20 million of cap space with very few players to re-sign. They got to re-sign Brendan Dillon, who's an RFA. They got to look at Milker Carlson, who's an RFA. Um, and they got to sign a goalie or acquire a goalie. Mm-hmm. So other than that, let's say that takes up $10 million of space. Isn't Braun up? No, Braun's not up. Okay. So what are they going to do? I mean, is, is this team, where are they headed? Right. I mean, are they going to be just content like this year to just kind of sit back and let this this team of, with younger players like, you know, is Goldolbin going to play next year? Is Tierney going to play a full role next year? Or are they going to do what they got a lot of heat for not doing this year, which is let Goldolbin, Tierney, Goudreau play a full season for the Barracudas mm-hmm. and not even consider like bringing them up? That's really the Detroit model. Yes, it is. It doesn't seem like that's what they're going to do. No, you know, it doesn't. It seems like they're going to have them have them playing, you know, legit NHL minutes. So I didn't really get a clear vision here. Yeah, I didn't either and and not that we're necessarily entitled to it, but I I it certainly We are entitled to it, dude. You are a season ticket holder. You're the one funding, you know, much of the this team. You know, all the season ticket holders, all the fans we are entitled to it because this team right now is is sinking. And I didn't get anything from this that made me feel any better. No, but what could he have said that would have made you feel better? Uh, We're going to run Joe I'm going to sell the team. <laughs> I'm going to sell it to somebody else who, who lives here and is going to be more engaged with the fans on a daily basis. And and we screwed up and we're bringing back Drew Romenda. Let Drew Romenda coach the team, damn it. <laughs> A lot of people said that. I honestly don't care where the guy lives. I, I am certainly not in the camp that thinks the owner has to be involved day to day. In fact, I think some of the worst run teams in professional sports have owners that are way too involved. Sure. And I guess Doug Wilson shouldn't go on road trips either. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's 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 legitimate beef. I mean, nah, the, the GM I, thing I is legitimate. It. Sure, dude. I get it. I get it. I, I You don't want Mark Cuban. Right, I don't, don't, want, Mark, don't, I don't want Mark. I don't want Dan Cuban. Snyder. Sure. That's what I sure. really don't want. Sure, yeah, you don't. There, there is a difference between an over-involved over owner and an absentee owner, and I think that Plotner gets the knock for being an absentee owner. And this was his attempt to reach out to us and right. say he is not. And I don't know if I'm really buying it. Right. You know, I, I'm, I'm not saying he doesn't care. I'm sure he cares. He's put a lot of money into this team that is losing money. He made a point to state that mm-hmm. when trying to renegotiate the TV deal. There's, right. you know, uh, uh, posting on the Sharks website saying they're working on a, uh, an extension to remain at SAP. That's the other thing I was going to talk about. I think that's clearly a, a sort of a, a PR uh, repair sure. job because there was a lot of stuff about, oh, would the Sharks move up since the Warriors owner said something about moving to San Francisco. And, and that's another thing to sort of placate fans, I think, a little bit. I think that, that one actually scored. I think that one did a lot better job than this letter did in terms of making Sharks fans feel better. And I think all the right notes were hit in that particular press release. So maybe he's one and one at this point. Sure. 500, dude, just like the Sharks. He's 500. <laughs> yeah. The Sharks are under 500. <laughs> all right, dude. What else do we want to talk about? What else do we have? Oh, wait. we got to go back to Greg's email find out what we should be talking okay. about. Um. 
I think we've hit that stuff. We talked about Edmonton. Maybe we should just talk. Let's talk about um, some playoff results, dude. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll pull open the playoff results here. Sure. And uh, I can't remember. I, I, I'm happy in that I was right more, certainly more than I was wrong. Um, I'm still very scared about Tampa Bay because I think that kills my Detroit. That kills our Vegas bet. If I, if they lose, I'm, I'm screwed. I'm screwed in the Vegas bet. That will be very difficult for you if, if they lose. I mean, if we're recapping here for our listeners, uh, the New York Pittsburgh series, I had both those teams. You know, uh, Pittsburgh made it a little bit more of a series than I thought they were going to, but the Rangers clearly superior. Uh, Washington and the Island going down to seven games. Um, See, I think, I think that hurts you. That hurts you because you have the Caps, and you thought the Caps would do well, and if they have to play seven games, that doesn't help. But I've got the Rangers, too, so, I, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, really, I mean, I think in the long run, the horse I want is the Rangers, sure, and it probably helps them because I think Washington's going to be vulnerable at this point. They're going to be tired, um, and the Rangers might be able to to get out of that series a little bit faster than they would have if the Rangers had walked over the island. Uh, Montreal, Ottawa, dude. Clearly, my hopes are pinned to the Montreal Canadiens. I thought they looked pretty good, so I'm I'm pretty happy with it. I mean, they had a terrible game five, but game six. Uh, I mean, they played well. They played well. That was a really tough draw, you know. And they came out of it, you know, looking pretty good. Carey Price looks good. Um, It's the if if you a lot of people like to talk about you know hot goalie syndrome in the playoffs, and Carey Price is clearly the hot goalie right now. Absolutely. Uh, Tampa, Detroit, the only series that is still going, dude. Uh, big game tomorrow night for yeah. the Vegas bet. You've got the Lightning. I've got the Red Wings. I, If I was in Vegas, I would take Tampa Bay. I'd put a lot of money on it, actually. Really? You know, I, in Tampa? Yeah. I just I can't see that team um, has too many veteran players on it, I think, to, to go down in smoke. And I think they know that they've got a good shot. At, at making a pretty deep run and Detroit that was a that was a really hard draw I mean that's a good team and their goaltending is finally playing really well but I, I think that they'll come out of that dude yep and uh in the west uh I know something we talked about bef- uh in the last podcast before all the series started uh, we I couldn't personally believe how Winnipeg was given almost even money to the Ducks and I think I said at least to you offline if not on the show that I would if I didn't hate the Ducks so much, I would put a significant amount of money on the Ducks winning that series, and they swept. So it shows that uh, ESPN or whoever builds some of those models really didn't know what they were talking about. I mean, there was one overtime game, but in some of the games were there was one other one-goal game, but for the most part, Anaheim pretty much just skated through. Yeah, uh, I think those games maybe are a little bit closer than the scores are indicating here. I mean, that they, they seem to have been able to go either way, maybe not the last game, but... Um, you know, the ducks definitely best case scenario for them, uh, being able to, to win that. I mean, Calgary is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be an interesting series. Did I pick Calgary? I think I picked Calgary. You have Calgary. Yeah. I, but I picked them when we made our predictions. You didn't did. I? And yeah. I picked uh, Vancouver. Yeah. So that was uh, you were right on that one. Um, so ducks flames, uh, should be fairly entertaining. That's going to be a good series. Yeah. Calgary's playing with house money. I mean, they've got nothing to lose, you know? I mean, what, and they're kind of playing like it, yeah. you know, so uh, will they be able to match up with the Ducks? I think probably not. I think Getzloff and Perry and Kessler, that's just going to be way too much I, I for, agree with you. for the, the Flames to handle in a seven-game series. But um, if the Ducks are serious about making a run, they're going to have to get rid of Calgary fast because I think uh, that Chicago-Minnesota series 
is going to be long mm-hmm. and it's going to take a toll on both those teams and whoever comes out of that you know if the ducks can be waiting for them this could be their return to the cup if they're able to get rid of calgary quick uh nashville i can't believe i mean i think frankly i think they lost that series in the first game they were up by two or three in the first game right they might have been up three nothing Chicago came back, tied it, went to double overtime, and Chicago won it in overtime. That is just a dagger. On the road, too, right? That yeah. was in Nashville. When when you lose Shea Weber, though, oh, I yeah. mean, like, that's, you don't come back that's from brutal. That. I yeah. mean, and the fact that they lost Shea Weber and they still were able uh, to, to win a game without Shea Weber, you know what I mean? Like, that that was pretty impressive, but... Uh, that's Nashville game five took some, desperation. Yeah, I mean, Nashville took some steps forward this year. You know, it'll be interesting to see if they're going to continue to invest money and resources in this team that could be uh, on the up. All right, dude. So uh, let's talk about second round. I guess we'll we'll sort of sidestep uh, Detroit Tampa, but um, so you th- you definitely th- pick the Rangers over Washington at this point. Yeah. Do you, do you pick Montreal over whoever wins this series? No. You don't. You think Tampa Bay is going to beat Montreal? Uh, well, I, I would pick Montreal over Detroit. Uh, I would take Tampa over Montreal. Okay. Yeah, I okay. think that they, um, if they can find, well, if they can find a way to score, I guess that's the formula for any team who wants to win. Uh, they just have too much octane for Montreal to handle. Um, but. Right. I just want that series to be short so that because I have both of those teams and whoever wins that series, I want mm-hmm. to be in very good shape to play the Rangers, which is clearly going to mm-hmm. be the Eastern how sad Council. will you be if Detroit wins tomorrow night? How sad? I'll be pretty pissed, but then I'll, I'm going to want um, Montreal to win quickly. Mm-hmm. And if that if they win and then they take it six or seven games in Montreal, like I'm so screwed. Are you throwing in the towel, dude? No, but it's it really pisses me off that my hopes are now pinned to basically the Canadians because I can't bring myself to root for the stupid Ducks. So the fact that I have a guaranteed team I don't, in I don't each have the, conference final. I don't have the Flames. Nobody has the Flames, right? Oh, yeah. Nobody does. <laughs> wow. Actually, so you, you I, could I'm be kind of, down to one team. I'm kind of rooting for the Flames because then it's a push. Like, I'm rooting <laughs> for a push. <laughs> That's right. You know, you like I was playing Gow oh, over the weekend. You know, oh. you play Gow and you get like a flush and like a 4-2 for those of you that play Gow. You're basically just hoping for the push. So you, ha- I have a team in the finals, unless it's Calgary, because I have the Wild, I have the Blackhawks, and I have the Ducks. Yeah, you got everybody. Dude, I know, dude. Stupid. What happened, dude? I picked the frigging Boston Bruins and the L.A. Kings. That's what happened, dude. I know. Jesus. All right. <laughs> it's not over yet, dude. What else we got? If here? you've got Montreal and Tampa Bay left at the end, you're in good shape. Dude. And the Ducks. I have the Ducks. You have the Ducks. I have the Ducks. Ding-a-ling-ding. Ding. Oh, man. I thought I had the Ducks. You don't. Oh, jeez. That's even worse. <laughs> oh, my God. I might as well just make the freaking reservations now. Now. Whoosh your sharks in the playoffs, dude. About to get swept. Yeah. <laughs> what a bummer. Yeah. Way to show those kids a good time down in the AHL playoffs. Dude, yeah. they lost both games at home. So now they're in Hershey. Um, Too bad. Yeah. <laughs> Not looking so good. No. No. Oh, well. Okay. Um, <laughs> any other things that we should talk about this week? I guess uh, I think those are all the major major plot points. Yeah, I think so, dude. I mean, I think things are going to be pretty quiet around here uh, until Mike Babcock makes his decision, you know, which yeah. could be coming, I suppose, you know, as early in, as the next week. If Detroit is out, you know, he could 
make his intentions known mm-hmm. or he could drag this out, you know. Um, we will see. It, it will affect all of the other decisions because I think you're right. That Todd McClellan will not make a decision, you know, until uh, Mike Babcock's made the first move. And I'm sure, I mean, by all accounts, they're, they're friendly. So yeah, I would yeah. think that he knows. And that's another reason why, I mean, Babcock's not coming to San Jose. I think McClellan's oh, going to get on the phone and be off, like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, come great over job. here. Great job. I just yeah. quit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great job. It could not, it must have been that bad, dude, for him to quit and leave his family here. Like, that's what happened. Well, the other thing, if you want to try and put a good face on it, is if he really wants to coach Detroit, he knows Babcock is probably not going to be back, and this is his opportunity to coach Detroit. Because if he, if he like, you know, knows if there's a chance he's going to get re-signed, and then Babcock leaves and someone else gets that job, then those that timing might never line up. That's true. So, but uh, that's very inside baseball of you, dude. I tried. You know, Vegas odds have him as the odds-on favorite to coach the Flyers. Really? Yes. Well, the Flyers did come out and say they wanted him, but they also said they wanted Babcock. I think that the Flyers would be extremely low on the list of jobs that he should be interested in. You think Edmonton and St. Louis? Ahead? I would, if I was him, I would rather coach the Oilers than coach the Flyers. The well, Flyers. If you can get the, I mean, basically, you would go in there. If the Edmontons want to hire you, you go in there and you basically try and get all the possible assurances from Peter Chiarelli that he is not going to continue to run this team into the, like he's actually going to try and get the team out of the ditch. I don't even think you need an assurance. I think you know. I mean, you, you know that's going to happen, dude. I, mean, I don't know that's going to happen. I've, I'm 100% confident. How many different that. guys have they had in there? They can't get the thing out of the ditch. But this guy is a legitimate, like, I mean, the, the last GM, they, I mean, uh, McDay, what 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 McTavish? Yeah, it's a joke. I mean, you brought yeah. back the coach you just fired to be your GM. <laughs> You're just recycling garbage. Yeah, I mean, true. like they they now have neutralized Lowe and McTavish into roles where they can't make any decisions anymore. And Todd Nelson's going to get canned, and they're going to find a, a, a real coach to come. And not that Todd Nelson's not a real coach; he did a decent job with that team down the stretch. But they're going to make a push for McClellan, yeah. you know, uh, and and try and bring him in there. I hope know? he likes the cold. <laughs> hope he likes the yeah. cold. That's why his family's like, hell no. Yeah, they're like, we're here. staying in California. We're Thanks. Staying here. Thanks, Thanks anyway. Thanks, meet. All right. All right, dude. We'll be back. We'll try to be back uh, in a more reasonable fashion. I know the scheduling did not work out, but uh, here we are. And, of course, we'll be podcasting all throughout the playoffs and even the summer because that's just what we do. You can email us at questions at dudesonhockey.com or, of course, we're Dudes on Hockey on Twitter and all that Facebook crap as well. So, um, dude, I will talk to you next week. And we'll see. Actually, you're still going to have a mustache next week. I will. One more week of the mustache. One more week of the mustache. And then no more mustache. So that will be a very. Uh, no more mustache. No more McClellan. It'll be a turning point for the whole podcast. It could be. Maybe that's when the coach will get show want to get your questions on the air email questions at dudesonhockey.com dudes on hockey is not affiliated with the sales and sharks organization or the national hockey league